Welcome to Alley All Ears, a podcast from Houston's Alley Theater. Alley All Ears features interviews with directors and designers, playwright Q&As, sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes information, and more. Welcome to Alley All Ears. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. From our home to yours. Hello, Alley Cats. This is Liz Frankel, your director of New Work. We're here to chat about our world premiere production of American by Chisa Hutchinson. We had originally announced this play for spring 2020, and it's so wonderful to finally be in rehearsals for it now. I'm in the studio today with playwright Chisa Hutchinson. Hello, Chisa. Hello, Liz. <laughs> Director James Black. Hello, James. Hi, Liz. And costume designer Jessica Ford. Hello, Jessica. Hello. Yay. So when we're talking about a new play, I always turn to the writer first. But in this case, I'm going to turn to James for a walk down memory lane. James, let's walk back to 2018 before either of us had ever met Chisa, though I had certainly heard of her and had respect for her work then. Uh, But James, what were you doing in 2018? Well, in 2018, I was serving as the interim artistic director at the Alley Theater, where I served for a year and a half. That is right. Yeah. Um, And so that year, we were in the process of selecting plays for the January 2019 Alley All New Festival. And I'll share that when it comes to the plays we actually produce, most of them come to us because someone on the artistic staff knows the writer or the director. But agents send us many plays. And in this case, Cheese's agent had submitted the script. So first, our literary assistant had read it, and she was blown away by it. And then I read it, and I thought it was dazzling. And I actually found my script report that I wrote, I am really excited about this piece. From a pure storytelling standpoint, the twists and turns make it a compelling page-turner. And it was interesting to watch a man trying to join a white supremacist group get a taste of what the group can do when it hates you. Ultimately, this is a topical, political, and truly engaging play I'd love to consider it further for a festival reading. Um, And so then we gave it to you to read, James. And what do you remember about that? Well, I remember either you or Brandon telling me it was my kind of play. And I read it, and it floored me. Um, And since I was interim artistic director at the time, I pulled some strings and hired myself to direct it. Um, (laughs) We did the workshop, and we did a reading of it on an early Saturday or Sunday morning, I can't remember which now. And seeing the impact that play had on the audience, even in a workshop reading se- setting, it was a a great reminder to me of the the real power that the arts have to uh, potentially create real change. It was a it was an extraordinary experience that reading. And so now I'll turn to Chisa. So you came for a week in January 2019 for the Alley All New Festival. What was that experience like? Eye-opening. <laughs> um, I think I think here is where I really um, fell in love with regional theater, <laughs> the, the possibility of regional theater. Now. Just how much um, how much love and how much um, loyalty there is, and um, care, and uh, I mean, uh, amongst everyone, you know. So the people who work at the theater, I think. Um, are just so skilled and so supportive and and um and awesome and then the audience man the audience um 
are just so invested and there isn't this feeling of like, okay, well, yeah, whatever, we've seen it all. This is the she's the 34th play I've seen, you know, this month. <laughs> so um, there's, there's, I don't know, there's just real love. So that, that was really, um, it's very pleasant, very pleasant experience. Well, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that you had such a good time leaving New York and coming to work with us in Houston <laughs> and that you're back. Yeah. So at that point during that festival, Rob Melrose had just come on board as our new artistic director. Mm-hmm. I think he was just about five weeks into his time in Houston by the time of your reading. Um, so can you walk us down memory lane to when he asked you about doing the premiere of the play? Yeah, it's so funny. It was right after, I forget whether it was intermission or if it was just right after the um, the, the the reading of it, um, that he found me as I was literally getting ready to walk out of the door to go catch a plane. And he's he's like, I just want to grab you and tell you, we we got to do this play. <laughs> Um, which is not again, that's it's so new and it's so refreshing to to hear that and to have that experience because so often what happens is you do your workshop reading, you do your, you know, your festival thing. And I sort of I get this sense with other theaters that I've um had workshop readings at or, you know, uh have been featured as part of the a sort of stage reading festival. I get the feeling that it's like uh, more, I'm um, more window dressing for grant writers, you know, not grant writers, but, um, proposals. Yeah. Of <laughs> just like, Hey, or look at this, like, look at this minority writer that we, mm. that we featured, that we helped out. But, um, you know, they have like really no intention of actually producing my play. So it was really, um, a new, an encouraging experience to have an artistic director literally like hawk me down after the <laughs> reading and be like, no, we're doing this damn play. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone in that theater, it was just, I just remember an electric feeling and a feeling from like the whole audience of, oh, we've just witnessed something amazing. The feeling that I had when I watched that reading, that early morning reading, was a similar feeling that I'd had like 20 four, 25 years earlier when I was acting in a production of Angels in America in the New House. And it was in that production that I first felt what a play could potentially do to a room full of people, how it can, can change the air. And I think American has that, that same power, the same attributes as that play. You think it's going to be about one topic, and it winds up being about everything. Yes, that reading was electric, and it went so well that, of course, you remain the director, and most of the cast from the reading has remained, too. But then, obviously, when we knew we were going to produce it, you had to assemble a design team. So since we're here with Jessica, why Jessica Ford, of all the costume designers in the world? I had admired uh, Jessica's work in Lover Beloved and Cake, and uh, she was actually from that part of the country. So I thought she'd be an invaluable resource for us for designing costumes. Okay, so first, Jessica, are you from Sharpsburg, Maryland, where the play is set, or just near there? I'm I'm from near there, but that area is so chock full of little streetlight towns. There's Clear Spring and Funkstown and Boonesboro and Smithsburg and Sharpsburg and Harper's Ferry and all these little places and, you know— one of them has the good bar, and one of them has the bowling alley, and one of them has—so you kind of 
growing up there, you you get to know all of them anyway, because that's what you do. You drive around. <laughs> you drive around and you go from town to town. Like, for you know, the um, Shepherdstown in the play, they talk about Shepherdstown. When I was growing up, Shepherdstown had the only indie movie theater. So I would, if I ever wanted to see a movie that wasn't a blockbuster, once I could get a driver's license, once I had a driver's license, that's when I could go actually see unusual movies. Because mm-hmm. Shepherdstown the was the only place that you could see mm. them. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, Shepherdstown was your introduction to this part of the world too, right, Jesus? Yeah, Shepherdstown is where um, the Contemporary American Theater Festival is. That's another regional theater that I really, really, really love. Um, there, in this tiny blue dot in a sea, in a sea of red, um, and it's it, yeah. So it's this little tiny progressive um, liberal town with the university, um, Shepherd University. And uh, the CATF, where I've had uh, two two productions um, so far. But then I also go, you know, just to go see the festival, like, you know, in the summers. Um, so I will drive. I've driven down there plenty of times, um, both to work and just to, you know, um, be part of the audience there. And every time I got to drive through Sharpsburg. <laughs> I got to drive through Sharpsburg and it's, it's a very eerie, it's a very eerie feeling, man. Like being a black person driving through this, this tiny town where you don't ever really see any people, but you see, um, signs of the, the type of people who must live there with the Confederate flags and the, and the Trump signs. And, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't feel welcome or comfortable and I feel like I want to both speed through there as quickly as possible but also do the speed limit because I'm not trying to like get pulled over (laughs) there Uh, so yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting place and it's I uh, I I did a lot of research because I didn't want to be unfair you know, um, I mostly just had to imagine like what the people must be like, and I just mostly imagined people, right? So start there, and then sort of layer in politic where where it it, it goes organically. Um, well, just to pause there, though, I mean, what made you driving through this strange, awkward place? What made you think, oh, this is my next play? I think it's just um, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like feeling scared of things. I don't like, um, yeah, I don't, if if I'm feeling afraid of something or if I feel like my, something is getting my adrenaline going, like I need to, I want to lean in. Like I want to, because I don't, I don't like walking through life fearful. Um, and so I really just tried to sort of write my way out of, <laughs> out of my fear. And then what about creating the characters? How did these specific people come to you? Um, again, I wanted to be fair. Um, so I thought, all right, well, let me... And I was like, all right, racist white guy, right? Racist white guy who, you know, uh, is is very conservative. And let's start there, right? And then I thought, all right, well, to be fair... 
now. I need to imagine that this guy is in let me let me just like drop him into the most human situation that I can <laughs> that I can think of. And for me, like I have a real soft spot for um for new dads or for like dudes who are like really jazzed to be dads. <laughs> you know, like they're so excited about um about their kid and um yeah, so I just I thought, all right, well, to humanize this guy for me, I'm just gonna that, and that was the first scene that I wrote. It's the first scene of the of the play is this man, um, you know, this sort of latently racist white guy, um, talking to his newborn son, you know, mm. and what's that like? And um, you know, to sort of sit in his skin for a little bit, wiggle around and um does he have does he have fears, you know? What are his concerns? What are his um, what are his desires in that moment? And uh, yeah, to just write out from there. So when you were coming up with with that, with Jeff Browning and his new baby, did you also have the plot in mind? Or did you just start with the character in this moment in his life? Yeah, I didn't have the plot in mind. <laughs> I just was like, all right, here is a thing that happens. Right. So you begin with, oh, new father. Right. And what does a new father want? And all right. As a result of that, what happens next? Right. And then as a result of that happening, what happens next? Right. And mm-hmm. then I just sort of keep writing until, you know, some <laughs> some logical conclusion. Um, and, you know, eventually I, I I mean, that got me through like the first act. And then I decided, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to switch perspectives and to to come at this you know, to let my outsider in, right? Um, so what does it look like when one of these people, you know, someone someone that um, the folks of Sharpsburg, you know, many, uh, uh, a, good, a good handful, I'll say, of them um, hate literally without even having any black people around. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how that can happen, how you can hate what you never come into contact with but okay cool um yeah like what does it look like when when a black person like just sort of uh, inserts themselves <laughs> or or um yeah just throws himself into the mix or the or the non-mix <laughs> yeah well without saying too much yeah certainly this is a play where yes act two and act one are are not the same, and you definitely, it definitely shifts in an exciting way. Um, but getting back to, to you, Jessica, and the people of, of Sharpsburg, what has the design process been like for you? Um, well, I guess this is one of those, you know, so the play takes place in 2017, which is right after the election, the Trump election. And I do think... Um, in terms of style in that area, they're about five years behind, maybe five or ten years behind, and um, that the, the clothes are pretty. They're they're pretty strict codes of what you might consider masculine and what you might consider feminine and what's acceptable. Um, and I'm saying this. As somebody, you know, I grew up there, so, and, um, you know, as a goth punk (laughs) uh, uh, 
person who felt like a real outsider. Um, I, I think that's sort of that's also part of the reason that I ended up in costume design was um, just really, really, really being attuned to the the codes of conduct of clothing. So you were like observing these things even as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so I kind of feel like these characters are honestly um, in my family. Um, you know, these are the folks that I went to high school with. So I started by looking them up on Facebook. The actual people you went to high school with. The actual people <laughs> that I went to high school with. Amazing. And from there, um, so, you know, I'm a little older now than these characters. So I sort of looked at their um, social circles and maybe their younger siblings. And then, you know, I'm always amazed by how not careful people are about their privacy settings on the Internet and how easy it is to really um, explore people's personal lives. And I do that a lot when I'm doing modern plays is, you know, go to the region where it's set and, you know, go to the local, find the local community center, find those people, look them up on Facebook explore their lives, explore their families. Um, and that's really what I was doing with this. Because um, I know some people, specific people who are exactly like these people in this play. So um, I just looked, looked at them. Wow. I just want to say, <laughs> I just have to say, Jessica, like, <laughs> I can't, like, I cannot overstate how freaking awesome it is to have a native on this team. <laughs> like well, you know, that's something worth saying, Liz. I when I when I um said that I would do this play, when I said, told James I would do it, I didn't I hadn't read it. So when I actually finally read the play and saw the, and and realized that it was set in Sharpsburg, that was a real mind-blowing <laughs> moment that was mind-blowing because it's really a it's really a teeny tiny dot in the world a very specific dot and I'm from there and that was really weird you know to be in New York and have a you know another New Yorker write this play about this particular region and to read it and to kind of hear the the regional dialect that I grew up with and kind of the way that um, they rib each other, the men in the play, mm -hmm. um, felt very organic to me because that's, that's the way that men talk to each other. I, I, I grew up with that, that you kind of lovingly ridicule each other. You, you lovingly insult each other. Um, but you are saying something that is sort of mean. And um, that's the way my family talks to each other. <laughs> so that was really interesting and unsettling to read. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, e and even design aside, um, you know, just coming to it as a person reading the play, did, did the play resonate with you? 
Um, we're just sort of curious about your reaction just as a, a reader who knows this place, since I think most people, especially in the audience here in Texas, will come to it as saying, you know, I recognize these people as, as Americans, but I haven't been to that town. Well, I, I would say, I mean, definitely the way that the men interact with each other resonates with me. Um, and I do think, you know, it's it's sort of a, it's maybe not native to Sharpsburg, but it, it's sort of, I think, it's something that we're dealing with in the United States, that there's a certain group of people that feels like they're being slighted and they're fearful and they feel like they're not, they're getting a raw deal and that black people are going to take away what they have. And that is definitely something that I see when I go home because there's not a lot of opportunity there. There's not a lot of industry. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of jobs. Um, there's not much to do, um, even socially. You know, there's a lot of alcoholism. There's a lot of um, drugs. Um, and, you know, and, and a lot of love. I'm not saying that, you know, it's this hellhole. <laughs> Yes, but um, you know the the this idea that you know it's like coming from a place of scarcity as opposed to that there's actually enough for everybody. Chill out, you know. Look at the big picture, but but it's it's like this um, being afraid of something that you don't know. You know, if you don't, if you grow up in a town where you don't have any black friends and you don't meet anybody black, then that's where the fear comes from. The, the, it's the fear of the unknown. And I think that um, that resonated. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and so, Chisa, back to you, when the audience comes... What is it that you hope they will see or notice or take away? Um, I always, I always want um, the audience to either feel validated, like they've had their experience, like the, oh, I've been seen, <laughs> right? Um, to either feel validated or um, impl implicated. <laughs> <laughs> lovingly <laughs> with a implicated I guess um yeah so and I, I I really try to make that easy as you know as easy as possible or or to make folks feel um not judged if they identify with a particular c character who might be flawed in some you know in some major way so if for example you know there's someone in the audience who finds them you know find himself siding with Jeff on on an issue or um, relating to him in a particular moment or empathizing with him or sympathizing with him because they've been there, you know, I don't want them to feel um, like, you know, horrible people when he 
does horrible things and <laughs> you know what I mean um or you know if there are folks I guess I just want to just you know okay there's black and white sure but there's this whole like swath of gray you know um this whole spectrum of gray that I I really I would love it if folks could identify where they are in that grayness mm-hmm. you know and figure out you know, what that means and, and whether or not it might be worth looking into uh, to sort of move in one direction or another, <laughs> or the, you know, um, or to, to sort of rethink their uh, interactions with particular kinds of people um, or to seek out interactions with particular kinds of people if they haven't had any and that sort of um, has shaped their worldview. Uh yeah, I guess I just if it were if it were me going to see a play you know that presented my you know that presented black women for example in a in a way that is like, "Oh, that's complicated. That's complex. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I identify with that character, but ooh, have I ever behaved in that way?" and <laughs> You know, um, I would be I would be wanting to, um, uh, you know, to, to sort of compare, you know, compare my behavior to that character's behavior and, and, and figure out if any adjustments need to be made on my part, you know, um, because I don't like the idea that, uh, you know, ignorance shapes my worldview, I guess, <laughs> or yeah. like, you know, that... Um, my not knowing a thing or not being aware of a thing is um, is affecting my behavior and affecting the way that I move through the world. I don't like that idea. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess that's what I'm hoping folks walk away with is just a, a new, uh, you know, the impulse to for, uh, the, the impulse for self-examination. Yeah, I, I think they will. Um changing topic slightly. So I know we have you in our playbill. You talk about an exciting upcoming project. So let's plug your past projects because if our audience wants to get to know your writing before they come to the show, they easily can. Tell us, what can they watch? What can they listen to? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, shameless plug time. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Do it. I have, um, I actually have two radio plays, which is insane because I'm not... (laughs) I don't I actually have trouble processing orally like I don't um, I need to be able to see a thing or touch a thing or you know in order to like really process it Um, but I wrote these two radio plays and um, one of them is on audible so if you've got audible or you're um, an Amazon Prime member I think you can um, listen to it for free Um, it's called proof of love. Um, and it is, it's a one woman play and it is an actual play. Um, it's not like here, let me just sit down and tell you about my life in direct address, right? Like it's a character, a Mm -hmm. woman who's actually like, um, she's in the hospital with her husband who's comatose having gotten into a, a horrendous car accident. And, um, you know, since that accident, she's been finding out some things about him, (laughs) Um, and I won't spoil it. No, um, I've listened. It's really good. Oh, I recommend yay. it. Um, but yeah, so it's, and it's just her sort of processing 
um, all that and the implications of her discoveries. Um, so Proof of Love on Audible. And then um, there's another radio play called Redeemed that was produced by Dorset Theatre Festival. Um, and it's on their website. Um, and I think it's still on like iTunes or like really anywhere. There's a, um, I, I think you can get it in most podcast places, mm-hmm. podcasty <laughs> places, but you can definitely access it through uh, Dorset Theatre Festival's website. Um, and it's free also. Um, and then I have a film, my first feature film. Um, called yeah. the subject, which started as a play, and and now it's a, it's actually never been produced as a play, which is hilarious to me that it like got made as a movie oh. before it got produced as a play. But um, yeah, it's uh, that is on also on iTunes, uh, on Amazon, on most cable. Providers have it on demand, so various um, video on demand. Um, but it, yeah, it's called The Subject. It stars Jason Biggs and Ajanu Ellis. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. about a, a documentary filmmaker who's just sort of confronting his demons. <laughs> yeah. That's the short of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I watched it recently. I also highly recommend that too. So, oh. <laughs> so glad we got your your plug in. <laughs> um, well, and thank you three for joining me here today. This has been great. Thank you yes, so much thank you. For, for having me, man. And fun. thank you all for listening. I can't wait for you to see American. Thank you for listening to Ali Al Ears. Visit our website at www.alitheater.org for more.